Hey, how you doing, Daniel Ruiz? Tyson is available for Monday, the 18th of December, 2017. With me, Daniel Ruiz, Tyson, episode 198, the final week of the Christmas countdown. I hope that you are all well, keeping on doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. This week is going to be a difficult one. You know, I hadn't planned on bringing the show back after the six-month break earlier this year, but I had set myself that silly target of reaching 200 episodes by the end of this year. I'd hoped to do more, in fact, but uh, then there was one afternoon where I was at the man's working out how many shows I would have to do from October onwards to reach the 200 mark, and... uh, It turned out that if I was doing two a week up until Christmas Eve, I would be on 199. At that point, I thought, well, that final week, I'll do three shows. So the Christmas Eve episode will be 200 episodes. And I knew then that that would be a very difficult week. And the week has now arrived, and it is going to be a very difficult week. I've got a doctor's evening appointment this week. I've got a dental appointment. I'm unwell, you know. I thought I'd get over this bug within a couple of days. I haven't. Uh, I'm on night nurse. I'm on day nurse as well. I've never done day nurse before. I've very rarely done night nurse, in fact. I took night nurse on Wednesday night, and it put me to sleep like a baby. I even missed my alarm in the morning. Normally, I'm awake well before six, but uh, I woke up at half six. The alarm had already gone off, and uh, it was great to sleep through that. The following night, I took night nurse again, and uh, the anticipation, the excitement of knowing that I wouldn't have to work hard to get to sleep or believing that I would, you know, just simply go under, you know, like uh, like I used to when I was having one of my many nose jobs in the uh, mid-noughties. And maybe I was overthinking it because it just took me ages to get to sleep that second night with a night nurse. At the time of recording, I've taken the day off from work. And uh, this day away from the man's, I was meant to capitalise on the script, you know, push through on that, do a full eight hours and then do this show. And I just haven't been able to. I just don't feel well. I've been rationing the heat in. I just feel sluggish. I will still, of course, push on with those three last shows because I am a professional, albeit the host of a completely under-the-radar podcast rest assured if you're listening to this that you may be just one of about 40 people in this country listening to this show one thing that frustrates me as a contractor when you fall ill and you turn up for work is and i think i said this on episode 197 the comments you get from permanent colleagues about you coming in when you're ill now after that first remark the other day I did uh, my first ever working from home stint for the man I've worked from home all my life on my own stuff and uh, when I was a magazine editor and football journalist on a freelance basis but this was the first time I'd ever done that for the man and it wasn't easy but it was certainly something I'd like to do more of if I you know remain with the man and the idea of Avoiding one or two mornings through uh, January and February, you know, avoiding getting up at six in the morning to go out into those dark streets. 
does hold great appeal and I was very disciplined and I worked very well there were no interruptions uh, from uh, colleagues I was able to focus I did over eight hours that day but they give you this very small laptop which is a great laptop it's got a great battery life I've used it for my writing it's uh, you know if anything it's saved the script I was able to take it with me when I was without a laptop and it's a very robust Lenovo the kind of laptop they used to make about 10 years ago and it's not heavy at all it's got a brilliant battery life they do not make laptops like this anymore so you know I logged on remotely but it's too small for the kind of work I do at the man's and my back went my legs went and I don't know maybe part of that was because I wasn't well but uh, there was a period during the late afternoon where I had to stop for five minutes and just lie on the carpet and thankfully I've shaken most of the aches off except the neck on the left hand side I've got a trap nerve there now for the last couple of days that hasn't responded at all to any painkillers and I'm sure that that's nothing to do with being ill I think that is down to uh, the day where I work from home on this small machine and I checked with other people at the man's on the Thursdays you know tall colleagues who have worked from home just to see what their experience was and to a man they all said yes it can be difficult physically difficult to be hunched over this small machine so that's an obstacle but certainly uh, the working from home thing uh, does appeal to me back to the whole thing about uh, being a contractor and having to turn up for work Forgive me if I'm rambling. Normally I have a, a list of notes uh, every time I'm doing a show. I haven't put anything together for this show. I've got a single page with about three lines. I have an idea of what I'd like to talk about, but uh, sometimes I do lose my thread. So uh, just stay with me on this. Yes, the whole thing about permanent colleagues making you know, remarks about uh, you know, you should stay at home if you're unwell... Now, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think on episode 197, I may have said that contractors don't get sick pay. Apparently, contractors do, but you have to be off sick for four days, and then you'll just get £90 for that week. And I was told that uh, a fellow contractor had had appendicitis back in the spring. They were away for four weeks, and all they got was £90 each week. Now, if a permanent colleague wants to tell me Uh, to stay at home while I'm ill. If they're going to pay my rent, I'll do it. I'll stay at home. It's just these people, you know, they've got their pensions. They've got their secure jobs. They don't care. It's all about themselves. You know, you're a contractor. Of course you're embarrassed to be going into work if you've got a bit of a cold or something more serious. But you've got to keep a roof over your head. Just too many people are all about themselves. That frustrates me. It's, uh, It's something that I expected But it was disappointing to hear again. It does really uh, rile me how uh, cliched staff can be when it comes to these things. So I took Friday off, too tired to capitalise on that time off to work on the script. Uh, Put in uh, an hour and a half in the cafe with a laptop. Got myself a a croissant from the uh, Tesco's on Kennington Lane. Probably my favourite supermarket, I think. It's not as busy as the Nine Elms Monster. And uh, I do like Kennington Lane. I've got uh, fond memories of that area. And of course, Kennington is where I was born. So I like going around there. I like seeing the, um, the gas works. I love, uh, I love the pleasure gardens in Vauxhall. It's, uh, it's a really lovely area, yet to be 
destroyed by the gentrification that has overwhelmed the rest of the area as well. I do get stressed out when buying croissants because if I can't get to the cafe and Sundays I just tend to breakfast at home, I like a croissant. And it's so difficult to get a croissant home when you're traveling on a bus or traveling in any way. It will always get flattened by something. And the 35p little croissant isn't the most robust pastry out there. You know uh, when you walk into a supermarket and uh, they've got their condoms in these plastic cartridges and uh, it makes it very awkward if you're buying them. You've got to get the cashier to use that uh, that magnet thing, that demagnetizer to open the cartridge and then you get your condoms. Something I've never been able to do. I think they should give you something like that for the croissant and you just stick that cartridge with the croissant in your bag and it doesn't matter if everything in the bag is moving around it's uh, you know I've been on so many bus journeys this year where within a stop or two I've looked in the bag and the croissant despite my being careful has just been crushed and it is always a really painful moment for me Friday I also had a haircut went in there I knew which hairdresser I wanted Mr Horse Nostrils and Thankfully for me, uh, there was another guy waiting who was ahead of me, but he was waiting, it turned out, for another barber. I do think Mr Horse Nostrils is the best barber at the cutting crews. He cut my hair. We did not exchange a single word after I told him what I wanted. I think he could see from my red nose that I wasn't well. He was going through the motions too. It was coming up to lunchtime. He was just uh, shearing Uh, the back and sides of my head. I could smell the tobacco on his fingers. I was watching the hair fall onto uh, the gown they gave me and, uh, you know, seeing all this uh, grey hair, white hair, really, is what it is, falling onto the gown like snow and just thinking to myself, this isn't even a case of uh, the start of the decline. This is the decline. I am in decline. This is it. This is that middle stage of my life, if I'm lucky. If I'm lucky, there's still a chunk of this left to go, but it's got to be better than the first half because, you know, I can't just be going through the motions. In other news, uh, dealing with the situation that Spanish Carnu and my uncle have, they've still got no heating. And I normally don't like complaining on Twitter. I hate that when, you know, a parcel goes missing and you start slagging off a company on Twitter. I don't like doing that. And everybody does it because they know now that it's the easiest way to get your problem addressed. I hate doing that, but I had to do that for my aunt and uncle. You know, they're in their late 70s. It's winter. It's coming up to Christmas. My aunt has uh, had surgery for cancer. She's recovering. She's now got a chest infection. She's had no heating now for the best part of a month. And uh, I just laid into the Housing Association on Twitter and have now, for the best part of this week, uh, this last week, that is, been exchanging DMs with them. And the culture of inertia with these housing associations is incredible. For me to be able to say here, you know, and I, I was born in Lambeth. I live in Lambeth. I've never been proud to come from Lambeth. I've always thought it's a badly run borough. It's a dirty borough. There's a lot of bad people in Lambeth. I've always felt that. I've never changed I've never changed my views there. Yes, it's being gentrified as well, and that uh, you know that bothers me. But you know, I also don't forget how bad some of these areas were when I was growing up. There's never been a balance, so you know I'm not a fan of my home borough. If I had a chance, I would live elsewhere. But here's the thing: 
When my aunt moved to this tower block in uh, late 93, it was run by Lambeth Council. It had a 24-hour concierge service, and that was because a couple of years earlier, an old couple had been burned out of their flat. In fact, they'd been burned to death. Uh, I can't remember if they caught anyone, but those three towers in Stockwell were notorious always, and... Uh, to see how that was quickly turned around in the early 90s was impressive. And slowly over the years, those services have been cut to the point where there's a concierge service now just for uh, eight hours a day, I think, nine to five hours. And the council sold these towers on, you know, some years ago. The Housing Association has gradually run the services down. And the contractors have been now, I think, two or three times... They were meant to order the parts for the heater about three weeks ago. A couple of days ago now, they came round again to look at the heater. And my uncle was like, well, where's the parts? Where are these parts? You said it's an electrical fault. You said you're going to order the parts. Where are the parts? They've still got no heating. So um, exchanging DMs with his housing association, it's a further stress. You know, I have to check my phone, see if there's any messages. You have to keep it cordial, and then you have to know when to react when this still hasn't been resolved. It's the 18th of December. There are six, seven days now until Christmas. Realistically, is this going to be sorted out now? And this is not the first time this has happened on their watch. This happened back in 2011 as well, and I had to go to their office. I'm with the man now. I can't do all of that, so I'm having to do it online. I don't like to do it, but I'm doing it, and it's right to do it, you know. These guys, they're old, they're old. My aunt has got a chest infection. It's, uh, it is worrying. Overheard now on a northbound 88 Thursday, the 14th of December, 0922 hours. A very camp white guy occupying my favourite back of the rebooted Rootmaster back of the bus seats. And uh, it wasn't the campness that marked him out. It was the fact that he had a very strong South London accent. Fam this, fam that. Very unusual to associate such a hard, tough accent with campness. Very unusual. I don't remember hearing that before. He was on his phone. He was being very loud. I can't do the accent here. Uh, but this is what he was saying word for word. I want Jay's personality in Dean's body. Can't I just introduce them and have a three-way I see a long-term future in Jay, but I have more fun with Dean. I feel like there's a long-term link with Jay, yeah? Mr. Camp South London 2017, from what I was able to deduce, has some uh, big decisions to make in 2018. In other news, later that same morning, I broke another hanger with my winter coat at the man's. I am done with this coat next year. I can't deal with the hood. I really can't. On uh, Friday, when I was walking past the uh, Tesco's, the side of the Tesco's on Kennington Lane, as I was going in to that supermarket, and I caught sight of my reflection. I don't know what the hood fur was doing. There's just so much fur, and it just uh, it causes so many problems with a bag. I've toyed with the idea of getting a rucksack for the last couple of winters. The reason I don't is because I think the bag I have offers more stability and protection to a laptop. I saw a guy the other day at my bus stop. He was struggling to get his rucksack straps over his winter coat. And I thought, yeah, that's why I don't want a rucksack. But uh, I have to make enough money next winter uh, to buy a better coat. Can't have a hood like that again. Last Tuesday, I forgot to tell you, I was, uh, I was in hospital uh, again for my old uh, foot injury. 
and I'd been given these new insoles, I think back in October or November, which were very hard to break in, I have to say. They did... Well, I underestimated them because, you know, you're meant to gradually ease them in. And I thought, I'm not doing this. I'm not slipping these new insoles into these trainers and taking them out and, and putting the old ones in. So what I was doing is uh, I took uh, my old trainers uh, to the man's. I wore those for half the day. I wore the new ones, uh, the new insoles, that is, for the rest of the day. It took about four or five weeks to ease the new insoles in. I'm fine with them now buys me some time before I go and see a surgeon next month um, to discuss whether I need another cortisone jab. I've been to this uh, clinic three times now in the last uh, few months and I've not seen the same person more than once. Um, but that's fine. You know, they're all good. They all know how to do their job. This guy, the youngest of the three so far, uh, balding, uh, goatee, eyebrows all over the place really, which was surprising because he looked like he was in his early 30s at best and uh, you know the eyebrows thing I don't think that kicks in till you're hitting your uh, midlife years so I had to take my trainer off for the foot in question the right foot and uh, he put the trainer on his desk to show me what kind of shoe I need I need something better he said you know I'm spending 40 pounds on trainers I really need to spend about 100 pounds he says given the injury and I was just horrified as I saw my trainer on his desk and he was showing me uh, what he called the rocker, the front of the shoe. My shoe, although it's quite a, a tough shoe, it still bends too much at the front. And he was showing me this. He was bending the shoe back. And then he slipped his pen underneath. This is the worst bit. He slipped his pen underneath my uh, trainer and, uh, you know, the gap between the front of the shoe and the back of the shoe, the, the heel. And he was showing me how ideally the trainer that I buy needs to move how high the front of the shoe has to be it can't be too high but it can't be too low it has to be able to rock to fit in with the motion of the foot your foot needs to work it needs to move in a certain way I was just looking at the pen moments later as he was making some notes to order me a uh, second pair of insoles he put that same pen in his mouth horrific it's Lambeth of all the boroughs to do this in, it's Lambeth. Incidentally, as I left, I wished him a Merry Christmas, my first Merry Christmas of the year. Thank you, he said. There was no Merry Christmas back, which reminded me of that Seinfeld episode where uh, George Costanza, who's always obsessed with finding the best parking spaces in town, he's found this uh, parking lot that offers cheap deals and it turns out that uh, the cars are being used by prostitutes it's a great episode and it has one of the best Seinfeld gags ever and uh, after finding I think a condom in his car he approaches the guy manning the parking lot he's trying to get his car and the guy explains that his car's not available and George starts having this rant about you know this is a, a car parking lot I should be able to pick up my car you know, as and when I want. And, uh, you know, he doesn't say those words, but it, it, it's along those lines. And uh, the parking attendant just says, ideally, that is such a great episode. And that, I think, might be my favourite ever Seinfeld gag, which I've killed. But uh, it reminded me of that. My Merry Christmas was wasted on the guy.
You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Sweating the small stuff because the small stuff does matter. Ways to support the show, as always. Do all your Amazon shopping if you have to use Amazon by clicking on the Amazon referral link at DanielRuizTyson.com. Amazon recognizes you've gone to them via the uh, referral link on my site and kicks back a small percentage of whatever you've purchased. Back to my work at no extra cost to you. And of course, it is Christmas now. If you're doing any last-minute Christmas shopping, use that link on my site and uh, a small percentage of your purchase doesn't cost you anything comes right back to this work further ways to uh, support the show rate and review the podcast on itunes or any other platform that you use to listen to the show Uh, subscribe whether it's via itunes or the rss feed or again whatever platform you're choosing to listen to the show do subscribe that all helps and perhaps you might even consider making a secure donation to the podcast via the paypal link at danielruiztyson.com also don't forget uh, my advent calendar for the whole fast network also available on itunes that enters its uh, final week it's daily daniel ruiz tyson's advent calendar can one man love christmas again This is why I always uh, make notes when I'm doing uh, a podcast, because otherwise, if I've got nothing, I'm just rambling. And this is meant to be a short show, and it looks to me like it is overrunning very quickly. South Lambeth Road News, the co-op store, has now opened on the site of the old Ilieto Bakery. A couple of doors away next to the barbershop that has uh, a Hotmail address on the front of the shop, like anyone would uh, email a barber to book a haircut. That used to be Rebatos, the Spanish restaurant, probably the best Spanish restaurant in London off the beaten track, far better than anything Clapham had to offer. It opened in 1984. It closed uh, in 2013. I think in the final year, the sun had taken over, and the story is uh, he ran it into the ground. Uh, their uh, friends of my aunt and uncle so uh, if by any chance they're hearing this uh, they can uh, blame my aunt and uncle for telling me that that place has been empty since 2013 and uh, I was having breakfast with future me a couple of Saturdays ago and he did mention it was going to be an Italian restaurant and that's the first I'd heard of it but uh, on Friday I walked past there there was a sign I think it's called Stockwell Continental which is a crap name for anything and I don't think it's a restaurant it's more of a pizzeria I haven't said that right. Pizzeria. 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 Whatever. You tell me how to say that. Um, urinals. Urinals. And it's a cafe bar, according to the notice. They're asking for staff, but it also mentions it's a pizzeria. And I'm just reminded that back in 2013, 2014, this rather fancy pizza place opened on South Lambeth Road. And again, like the bespoke tailor who was also selling furniture in 2014 I saw that and I you know I know the area so well I thought that is not going to work around here and sure enough within six months actually first they moved to different premises on South Lambeth Road and then they closed all together I'm surprised that these people don't do their homework I think if they were local they'd have a far better idea of what would work and what wouldn't work you know the people around there are very loyal it's a very insular community you know it's very hard to get them to try anything new because they've got their communities these cafes these bars they're meeting places all around these cafes and bars businesses are opening and closing pubs have been converted into wanky bars that have then been reconverted into even wankier bars the community is standing its ground and uh, maybe this place will work maybe it won't personally i don't think it will let's uh, quickly drop in on the cafe before i disappear thursday morning i pulled one of my longer writing stints in there i was already uh, feeling under the weather uh, by then though 
by Thursday morning I thought I was over the worst of it and uh, I wasn't waiting outside too long before the veteran waitress rolled up the shutter. Um, I gladly went in, took my uh, toilet table, hung my scarf and coat over the uh, coat hooks behind my toilet table. I like hanging the scarf over the hook. It makes me feel like I'm in a cowboy western, you know, and tethering my horse. So um, it was nice to see the veteran waitress uh, oversee in the morning at the uh, cafe, seeing her waiting tables and delivering coffees in between, blasting the loos with air freshener. It was like watching clips of old shows that you once loved on YouTube and finding that those shows still stand up. It was kind of reassuring, you know. Something, and I can't remember how, came to me the other day in relation to the cafe, and uh, something that was specific to my first seven or eight years there that happened daily, and it always annoyed me, but which, well, almost a decade on, you know, I've completely forgotten about, and suddenly this recollection came to me the other day, and it's so long ago it precedes the hundreds of visits to the cafe that I've uh, done on this show and earlier podcasts, and I've never, ever mentioned this. And it's not much, really, but it's just, it was a, a memory, and the memory is the um, Korean pirate DVD sellers that were an absolute plague on South Lambeth Road in the noughties, and it took years for them to stop approaching me at my toilet table. And I was always irked that the cafe did not discourage their presence. And there was always some regular buying a DVD off them. You know, so for, you know, if one of the waiters had had enough of them and threw them out, they'd come back at some point during the week and there'd be some other regular buying a DVD off them, encouraging them to come back in. And they were always chancing their arm. And they were really, really annoying. And this was back in the day when there was smoking in the cafe and the cafe was just full of smoke constantly. And it was always two of them, but it was always the same guy approaching me, appearing through the thick tobacco smoke in the cafe that I've no doubt has shaved off a not insignificant amount of time off my life expectancy. He was a, a very lanky guy, slightly pockmarked, bad teeth, and just relentless in his attempts to sell DVDs. And I just wondered why his image in particular had suddenly come to me after all these years. Just before I go, a reminder, Channel Christmas, the once a year only Christmas Eve channel, 24 hour channel. Will it be part of this year's Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available bumper Christmas annual 2017 or will it be a bumperless Christmas annual so far? Only, uh, I think, three uh, submissions. Paul S. Davis, by the way, I've got your brilliant email. I'm saving that for episode 200. Do get your channel Christmas submissions in. You'll find uh, a posting for that on the website, danielruizthyson.com forward slash latest news. That gives details of how to submit a festive program that you would like to see on this once a year only channel. Without the channel, there's no bumper in the bumper Christmas annual. And that is it. That is today's show. I hope you guys enjoy your start to the week and do what you do well. You can only do your best. Shoulders back, people. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm back at some point uh, during the week to do this week's extra episode 199. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson. And today, rather snottily, I have been available. Mm-hmm.